Morning everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Imperfect Parenting Podcast. Um, I'm here on these um, amazing brown couches which have been posted online now. So I'm sure you can imagine how just remarkable it is to sit on these these incredible couches, Rob. But uh, yeah, good good catching up with you this morning, Rob, chatting a little bit. I was just mentioning that there's the ups and downs of life, the good and the not so good, and how life just tends to be that way. It's not it's not a straight line, and parenting isn't a straight line. And as I have been saying, I've I've found it so useful to um, to reflect actually on um, some of what you said in the last episode. So, what have you got for us this morning, Rob? Well, it starts off with saying pleasure, Stu, and uh, enjoy the privilege of sitting on the couches while you can. Um, let that be one of your significant ups of the week. Um, always great to be with you, and, and hello to everyone from me as well. And as you say, Stu, we've been circling around um, this material for a bit with the past few episodes, but um, both you and I agree that it's important enough to do that. Um, and what's happened, We, you and I have uh, listened again to uh, the last couple of episodes. And uh, what's happened is that uh, without us really meaning to, we have started to merge um, emotions or feeling, which was um, the topic that we've, we're focusing on. And that's starting to merge with, with connecting or relating. And for me, that's, um, that's as it is, actually. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the connection or the, uh, uh, the seam that goes between um, our emotional selves and our relational selves. Again, under the umbrella of, of, of living with COVID, uh, living in a pandemic, as families, as children, as teenagers, um, I think it's a very, very important area. So I'm going to be Staying with emotions, but with a particular emphasis now on connecting or relating and thinking about how we can be um, good parents um, regarding that vital but tricky territory um, in the next few episodes. So that is um, going to start to become now the new foreground is connecting. But I am going to stay with, with emotions because they are part and parcel of our relational selves. And I think, um, for instance, of a young 10-year-old girl, um, and uh, she'd been doing online schooling for quite a while um, uh, due to the, the second wave of, um, of the epidemic, and schools had started to close down again. She had to spend more time at home. Um, and for a while, for a few days, her mom had noticed my word. Uh, my daughter's so out of sorts. She's just not her usual sunny self. Um, there's something about her. She's gloomy. What's going on? And in fact, at, at one mealtime, um, her daughter got um, uncharacteristically angry, shouting out about something, having a real rant. And uh, after the meal, the mom kind of went into her room and said, you know, sweetheart, what's wrong? What's going on? And after a little bit of poking and prying, um, her daughter says, Mom, I don't think Rachel's my friend anymore. And obviously this coincided with, with floods of tears. And Mom was devastated. Oh, my word. But Rachel's been your best friend for a good while now. What on earth is going on? 
She says, you know, she just doesn't seem to be replying to my messages. Um, when we do go to school, she seems to be ignoring me. She seems to be better friends with another girl. Um, she doesn't ask me to join her over, over break times anymore. Uh, when you have a chance to play, she seems to be excluding me. And all of these terrible things. And the mum listened and her heart, you know, thudded to the pit of her tummy. It was feeling terrible. And I think that that's what it's like for us as parents when our children are hurt socially. I know for myself as a dad, if my children have had social difficulties, it hurts me a lot. And of course, like most of us as parents, the mom's first response was one of outrage you know, and alarm, consternation. What on earth is going on? And uh, who, in the, who in the world does this Rachel think she is? You know, a little jerk. I thought she was nice. I've had a mom to tea, for goodness sake, you know, and these were all the thoughts and feelings going through the mom. She was really angry on her daughter's behalf and went into sort of attack mode. And uh, she had a really good mind to phone the mom, you know, and say, look, what's going on? Your daughter's being mean. She's being a brat. And when the dad sort of got, got involved, he said, well, look, it's simple. Have nothing to do with her. Just completely cut her out of your life. And, uh, you know, I want to say this morning that while both, both of those reactions are completely understandable and normal and I can kind of relate, as you can guess, they're not particularly helpful. <laughs> and we've got to be careful at, at these, in these types of places as parents. We've got to slow down. We've got to parent really wisely. And here again, because as you can tell in, the, in, in, in my recounting of the story, that a lot of emotional heat is kicked up or generated by these types of of experiences we are social creatures and when there's a problem relationally by golly do we feel and we as parents have to now apply that three-step process that I've been going on about we have to slow down and we've got to pick a way through to help our kids and so I'm going to talk a little bit about that three-step process of helping our children with difficult emotions but here in particular again with to with it involving a relational problem so that's the idea for this morning thanks rob uh, yeah i can relate to that as well i've uh, experienced that same pain as a parent as certainly my um my older child has experienced that uh, my my quick question to you would be i mean what what would you be saying first off to a child that that bursts into tears and, and has an expression to that 10-year-old girl? I mean, what did you say? Well, look, it has happened to me um, as a dad as well. Um, if, to be honest, for, for, for starters, let me say that all of the stuff that I've been recounting is stuff that's gone through my mind. I mean, I was on his behalf just outraged and so angry. That was my own honest personal reaction. I was really mortified on his behalf. But I, I just felt so for my guy. And I think the first thing I did was really just to say, look, you know who we think you are. And I'm really sorry this is sore, you know. So my first impulse was to comfort my son um, because he was really, really upset at being, you know, sort of cut off by a long-standing friend. And there was obviously some mis misunderstanding that had occurred. But that's what I did. Um, it's not quite what I do as a therapist, but then I'm kind of allowed to be detached and apparently smart and unemotional here, if you like. So, you know, that doesn't really count. But uh, I'd like to go into the sorts of things that I think parents can do, what's realistic for us to do in terms of reacting um, well and coaching our children in this emotional, social space. 
So to start off with then, I think really what my encouragement would be, would be to slow down. I don't think it's really helpful, although very understandable, for our kids to have to deal with our reactions to their distress. So it's not that helpful for them to hear us say how angry we are, you know, and how, you know, we, we uh, don't want her to have anything more to do with her friend. I don't know that that's that helpful, and I'll go into that in a moment. I think the task for us is to stay with our daughters, our child's reality, to make sure that we do connect that level one with how they're doing and make sure that we give them a chance when they're ready to articulate what's going on on the inside. Um, so there will be that first telling of the story. There will be the outburst of emotion. We look for a chance for us to have a talk about it and, you know, how are you doing? You know, what's going on on the inside? Uh, because it's very likely that our children are going to feel hurt at least. Um, they're going to feel angry perhaps. And they're also likely to feel quite confused. You know, what is this? What's going on? What do I do? I don't know what to do which probably also induces a bit of anxiety. So it's quite a mixed bag of horrible going on inside our kids. And we want to be aware of those emotions. As I've said in a previous episode, emotions are like units of information and they give us important cues or clues around what kind of guidance to offer our children. So first step would be to get the feelings on the table. We might, if our kids are a bit older, let them know how we're feeling just because it's there and in the room. But I think it's going to be about putting it into words and having a talk about what is the truth of what we're, what we're feeling. So, um, and sometimes when you, just to go back a little bit there and to say slow down, I mean, if you are reacting yourself, you kind of just need to contain yourself. And, and be there with, with your child, I think is what you're saying. And then to try and and tease out what they're feeling and getting them to to speak about what they're feeling and maybe giving them words if they need words. That is true. I mean, I, if I think for myself, again, real life experience, um, my, my son, as I say, was very upset and I was too. We happened to be in the car at the time. I did say those things. I did say I was really sorry and that I loved him. I thought he was great and, you know. But in terms of working it out, in terms of, of talking it through, I didn't talk carry on in the car. You know, there was there were some silent stretches um, until we got home and there was a better time to talk. But I think at least in the car he was a bit more contained and comforted, but there wasn't a lot of higher level, you know, processing that I know that he needed, but I saved that for a bit later on in the day. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And then when you actually do sort of go to that high level or, you know, processing those emotions, Rob, how do you go about that? Yeah, so I think it takes um, sitting together, being together in their room, in a room in the house and and talking it through. Um, I do think it's vital for us to go there. I really think that it's always important for parents to coach their kids socially, but particularly at this time, because this is a high-risk time in terms of social fallout for young people. So we really need to be good emotional social coaches at the moment. So don't leave it. Don't be that laissez-faire parent I was talking about before. Be the parent who's going to take it forward and coach and think uh, with the child about good solutions for the world that he or she faces. So can I just say one thing on that? Um, I think one of my problems that I come across in those very situations, and obviously I'm talking about you know, an eight-year-old here, 
but that I come across is getting frustrated myself that that processing isn't happening. <laughs> um, and I know that I shouldn't, but but finding it frustrating that, and so maybe I'm, I'm trying to move too quickly uh, at times. I don't know what you would say to that. Stu, do you mean that you don't think Caleb is processing what you're trying to discuss? Yes, I, I suppose it's it's that I leave it and I wait and I but I and I I go back in to try and try and engage and and Caleb's not really keen to actually engage pretty much. Okay, but let's look at it this way. So let's run through the three steps and see how that applies to uh, the real life uh, factors that you've just described. Bearing in mind that Caleb is still young, and also that he's got his own personality. So we also need to uh, listen to that and work with who he is. And there are people who prefer not to do a whole bunch of talking, but still I think we need to, to be there and to coach them in a way that fits and in a way that they can use. So let's imagine ourselves into that space and then see what it, will look, it would look like. And again, I think what I might do if I had a child who didn't like to do a whole bunch of talking is I would say that to them that look I know this is not comfortable for you I know that I'm different from you in this way I tend to be more of a talker than you so let's accept that that's that's fine you can be you and I am me but I just want to be sure that you know what to do tomorrow because you know you're going to be back at school then and uh, you know how are you going to handle that Um, so this is where we want to get to and we can sign off quite quickly if we think our child has got it but we do kind of owe it to them not to leave it because it can definitely bounce around in their heads for some time to come. That's great, Rob. Uh, I think that's something that, that really is going to be useful and that we can try. And so we will go on to step two and step three and, and others in the next couple of episodes. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>